On this week's episode of Living Free with RP, we got Amy Bovaird, a very energetic woman who loves to run, she loves to adventure around, and she loves to write. She's currently releasing her fifth book, so be on the lookout for that. So here's Amy's journey. So I would like to first of all welcome you, and thank you for taking the time, you know, to be on my podcast. Yeah, it's exciting. So tell the the tell the listeners um, who you are and you know where you're from and family and all that stuff. Okay, uh, my name's Amy Bouvard. I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania, Northwest Pennsylvania, and I am uh, I. I grew up here. I live in my childhood home. <laughs> my uh, my mother and my father have passed on, and my brother and I live here now. Uh, so I've gone around the world, and I'm back to where I started out at. So it's kind of an interesting place to be for the time being. Awesome. So, sounds, uh, sounds like fun. When did you uh, get diagnosed? It's been quite a while now, 1989, and when I was 28 years old. Oh, nice. How'd you feel at that time when you got diagnosed? Well, yeah, I thought they had the wrong file. <laughs> uh, I, I was right. I was in the middle of uh, teaching overseas, and I had just secured a job in Indonesia. And so it was really quite a, a, a shock, as no one else in my family had had it. And... I I was just sort of um, nonplussed. I didn't know what to do. Should I go on with my contract? Should I stay home? What, what should I do? You know, so that was quite the the decision. <laughs> right. And how do you feel now, like many years later? Oh, I am so glad. I, I went ahead and I went and took the job. And I am so glad. It's just, it was, uh, it, it just, con- my life just continued on. And after I got over the fear of, of what is this going to happen? Then I was, I did much better. You know, I was the first year, I think I was like, am I going to wake up without any sight or, you know, I, cause they couldn't tell, tell me anything. Like they, they, it's so different for everyone that they didn't have any answers back then. And probably still don't. <laughs> well, what made you, what was the reason why you went in for that initially? Yeah. Well, the, oh, because I felt like I was, you mean, went to the doctor? Yeah, the doctor. yeah what made you go, I should get this yeah, checked. Well, I was traveling in Ecuador, and I noticed that it was really hard for me to see 
even during the day. And I couldn't see what the other people were seeing. And I said, oh, gosh, I feel like I'm night blind or something. And I went in to get a, just a regular, um, it turned out to be an ophthalmologist in my, in my hometown, but, uh, uh, he knew more. And when I said night blind, it sort of ticked something off in his head. And and so he sent me for more testing. I wanted to get stronger glasses because I was going to be over in Indonesia. And I thought I'll not, I won't have a chance to get them there. And it turned out to be a lot more than what I thought. Oh, OK. Where's your vision yeah. uh, currently? Uh, sorry? Uh, where's your vision currently? Oh, it's at the end of the tunnel, <laughs> uh, you know, for the tunnel vision. I it's it's like uh i don't have any peripheral vision uh but i have central vision so that's where it's at what's the quality of your central vision i think it's pretty good um i had i had a side effect when i had my cataracts taken off i had early cataracts and i had a side effect which i didn't know for many years that it was a side effect that um the like the enzyme in my eye, in my left eye, was like uh, covering my eye because it continued to produce even though I didn't have have my lens, my original lens. So they, I thought it was just the progression of the, of retinitis pigmentosa. But when I went, it took me a year or so because I didn't have insurance. And uh, what I found out is that it was just a, that side effect of that. Um, it was like cracked leather they told me, and that I couldn't see out of it because it was really hard and yellowed. So I, uh, the doctor that I went to was kind of a progressive doctor, and he said, retinal specialist, and he said, let's just laser it. Let's just try it, and we'll do it little by little. So it took five, uh, no, four, four um, uh, like procedures, and at the end of the fourth one, I, um, it was just a couple minutes each time. Uh, I went home and I could see the light at the top of my ceiling and it was just like euphoric. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was, I, I realized because I hadn't been, you know, very faithful in going to the, the specialist. So when I went there, I, I, I never found out that it wasn't the progression. It was just this weird thing. And uh, yeah, so that was exciting. So I think because he did that, the um, the, the quality of my central vision uh, in that eye is very good. And uh, and I think in the beginning, it was like a um, double vision because my right eye had been doing all the seeing in my in the center. And so I was seeing a lot of two of everything and, you know, blurry oh, wow. as yeah, but then it got better. So I mean, gosh, I didn't have any vision in that eye whatsoever. Nothing. Huh. So, yeah, it was really, really uh, exciting and, uh, you know, kind of a miracle to me. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Any kind of any kind of improvement, especially at any yeah, stage of RP, yeah. is always probably really good. Yeah. It's kind of like when you have those really good RP days, as I call them. And so it just it feels good sometimes when you have those days where you're walking around and being like, hey, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> yes. You know, because just for for whatever reason, things shifted. Your lenses, whatever, something shifted just right, and you're just having a good day, and not walking into anything. And but then you have yeah. days where it's the bad RP day, where you're you're walking into everything possible. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, what do you like to do? Like, what are you what are you into? What are your interests? 
Okay, four. So I love photography. I love meeting people, trying new foods, um, just uh, ex- exploring areas that I haven't been to before. Uh, just getting out and meeting meeting people, having new experiences. I love that. Nice. And how do you feel um, RP has affected that? I think it's made it the... It, it has made it stronger because I know that whatever time I have with with my my sight loss, I want to make it memorable. I so I think that I, I feel each day is an opportunity. Mm. Yeah. So I, I I think I'm kind of adventuresome anyway. <laughs> so yeah. So as your vision say has gotten um, worse, what? Like, what do you, what have you had done, what have you had to do differently, like to travel and stuff like that? What, what ways have you adapted to, so that you could still do those things that you love to do? Okay. So that's an interesting question. I, even before uh, I really knew that I had a big problem with my sight problem, I was adapting uh, because like, especially when I couldn't see at night. So I, I actually wrote a book about that, about how I, I adapted to different things, uh, just in my mind, with my mindset and, and following people around when I didn't know where I was going. But the biggest change was in 2008. That's when I came home. My father was diagnosed with, uh, with, uh, stage four cancer. And so I, I, um, moved back home and, I decided that I was going to be a, a writer. I was going to try my my hand at writing instead of teaching. I was a teacher before that, and English as a second language teacher. And I had traveled to lots of different places, so I thought, okay, this will be the time that I write. And it wasn't easy. <laughs> so I I was it was like a period of two years after like two thousand six to two thousand eight. My father had passed away, and and I was just determined to be a writer, but. You know, I didn't have, I did, I was taking like um, online classes and, and, or correspondence classes and, you know, in writing. And in those two years, my eyesight diminished so much that I couldn't walk anywhere in my hometown. My hometown's pretty small and without tripping over something, um, walking into a wall or it was just so incredibly uh, abrupt, the change or it felt so to me anyway. And it, uh, so I, after two years, when I wasn't making it as a writer, um, I had to go back to teaching. So God opened up a door in my own hometown, which is really small, as I said, with, there was a job teaching Spanish. So I took that job and then I took another uh, new job teaching at a uh, college, a local college, teaching Asian studies. So I had two new subject matters, New groups I ne- had never taught high school students, and here I was uh, running into things, tripping over books, couldn't identify students. It was very scary. And I noticed also at the same time, and I think this was ra- gradual too, but I wasn't really in tune to it so much as until I started teaching again, that uh, I was starting to lose my hearing. That my uh, So here I am teaching in the Spanish class, and I can't really hear my students that well. Uh, I can't hear when my students say here or absent. And I had so many challenges that year. And 
So I, I called the Bureau of Blindness and Visual Services at the same, it was an ophthalmologist, another ophthalmologist in my town. And uh, I mean, 20, how many years later? And uh, um, he said, well, you really should, let me let me give you this name. So he gave me the name of Bureau of of blindness and visual services and they gave me a counselor and gave me a hearing test and i had lost a lot of hearing so it was like moderate to moderate i guess it was moderate hearing loss and the uh they gave me the name of the of a um orientation and mobility trainer and uh and they said you really need to talk to this man and I, i'm like yeah okay okay but I, he he made an appointment with me and he didn't tell me that he was completely blind. <laughs> so yeah. he came to my house and he was a really nice guy, but and he was talking to me about my my sight loss and he says, Well, Amy, why don't you just tell people that you're blind? I'm like, Blind? I am not blind. And you know, I said, I'm just clumsy. And I at that time I said, I don't want to talk to this guy anymore. <laughs> I was just like, he's just projecting his blindness onto me. And, you know, I was so worried about all these little things. And and so I put him off. He, he was, like I said, he, I would never say that, you know, anything to him to be, you know, impolite. But I'm like, I'm not going to I'm not going to talk to this guy anymore. And he kept calling me. He wouldn't let me just go. And he said, I have your cane. He, oh, he made me try one out in the house. It felt so strange uh, in front of my mom. And it just it was just like he made me go up and down the stairs. He had some. He brought some with him. And then he said, I think we should go to your school and then, you know, your high school. And you can, tr- you know, try on to my high school and have people see me, you know. And in the end, what happened was exactly that. We went to my high school, we went around the neighborhood, and I didn't close my eyes. All of these things happened. And the time, the, the moment that changed my life, really, the beginning, was when he had me put on sleep shades and I had to walk walk down the street, uh, which was a mile long. And he knew more than what I knew. He was the one that was kind of guiding me. And I was like, at the end of the, of the um, mobility walk, I was like, Wow, it was like our place, our, we were reversed. I, you could see and I couldn't. And he said, I will never forget this, he said, Amy, it's not, uh, it's the same world. It's not, um, it, you use your, your vision for what you can see when you can see it. And when you can't, I'm teaching you ways, something like that, something, I'm teaching you ways to see when you, when, when you cannot see. It's something along those lines. And which is strange because I just said I could never forget. <laughs> but but um, I just thought, wow, he was guiding me when I crossed the road on the other side. And I couldn't, you know, there was, oh, my goodness. It was just, uh, and then I said, okay, I'm going to start to trust this guy. And he, every single time we went out was like once a month. He he taught me something different and it was like another it was like an adventure like being out overseas and and not knowing if i could handle it and 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 am i going to do it or what, what's going to happen next you know so it was scary and exciting at the same time oh yeah totally i can relate to that i mean i have a friend that's like less than um probably a mile from me also has rp and he knows like he can tell you what street you're on just knowing where he is like he knows where the turns are and i'm just like I don't know this stuff. How do you know? How do you know what street you're on? How do you know that that's a? a how do you know left is coming up? How do you have this all memorized? You know, 
Uh, even my mom, like, knowing how to, like, she could do the same thing. It's like, yeah, there's certain skills I just have not gotten yeah. used to getting yet, like counting, you know. I know counting steps is important and all these other things because sooner or later you can't rely on, you know, yeah, your mm-hmm. eyes anymore. So you have to know, okay, this staircase has 10 stairs, and uh, and and you can, you have to rely on counting those stairs, and it's a it's an amazing thing. But I feel I can relate to also the uh, the whole cane thing. We want you and not really wanting it. Yeah. Because you're like once you put it like in your hand, it's like I'm I'm the blind guy. I'm I'm the blind person. Oh look, there's the blind person, and we we have all those people. Yeah. People don't realize that that the struggle is not even going blind. The struggle is kind of having to find ways to adapt it and that's a struggle because we don't want the thing that is going to help us we don't necessarily want (laughs) yes that's true but you know it it's it is such a tool of independence that was the biggest surprise of all that the thing that i thought was going to make me dependent and lose my independence gave it back to me right that's what i Mm -hmm. found out oh yeah that was yeah sometimes you have to just do it and just get over our, as we say, get over ourselves and yeah, uh, yeah. just do it. It was a process though. <laughs> yeah. You have, well, you have to like, not, unfortunately, like, I don't know about you, but I, I, I unfortunately care about what people think of me sometimes. So, Oh yeah. You know, the whole time you're holding the cane, you're like, Oh, that person's probably saying things about me. Or, and oh, we have, so I, I have really good hearing. So of course, I mean, I'm walking by somebody and I can hear like, you know, Oh dad, why does that guy have that? <laughs> You know, oh, and he's like explaining, he's trying to explain to his son, you know, you know, that I'm using that to help me see and, and stuff like that. And it's like, uh, you know, you try to ignore that stuff, but it's everything's so sad. I'm, you know, so sensitive to that and you just hear it. Uh, but yeah, the people forget that's, those are like struggles, even just for us just do that. It's like, oh, we just get a cane and, you know, you'll be okay. It's like, that's, it's not that simple. You have to be wanting that and have, or have something happen, you know, that makes you say, okay. You know, I think I need this. Yeah, I think okay. it's time. I think I'm at that point because we don't know. You don't want to say like I. Don't, I still will not tell somebody that I'm blind because I don't feel like I am because I feel like that's a whole nother league. Uh-huh. You know, I've, I'm visually impaired, and I feel that that's a big difference between being blind and being visually impaired. You know, if you uh-huh. have if you have any sight, you're visually impaired. You're not blind. You know, <laughs> like I, I just hate that. Yeah. Oh, oh, are you blind? Like I'm going blind. Uh, uh, <laughs> Like, you know, they, they make me wear shirts like in Achilles that say blind runner, but they're only because it's it's easier for someone to read that quicker than visually impaired runner. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I and that was that was almost like the cane for me. I didn't want to I didn't want to wear the shirt. Yeah. Because it was like that was a label that I didn't want to put yeah. on myself. Yeah. You know, I didn't feel that I'm not a blind runner. I'm not a blind person. I'm still me. I can still do most things that other people can do. I might have to adapt differently, but I don't. I don't want this. I don't want this on. So th- those things are, and even though it's not, it's not that. It's not. It's not necessarily a label. It's for my safety, and I had, uh, and you have to learn to look at it that way. It's not the cane. Isn't something that's going to label you. The cane is there for, as you said. Like it's, it's a tool. It's to help you open that world up more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many times right. has the cane saved you from walking into something? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. And and I think people are, are a little bit more patient when you have that cane. You know, they're, uh, you know, I, but, but uh, like even like 
you know, I used to just, well, I still do cut in line. And I don't see that there's a whole big line there, especially when this whole COVID thing started. And and people were backed like they were had to stand a certain distance and stuff. And I would just walk to the front. Michael said, you can't go there. You can't cut line. My brother said that. And I was like, I didn't do it on purpose, you know. But so my cane helps people to understand that. So, yeah, it's really. um, It's like walking walking into somebody, bumping into somebody without a cane. They go, hey, what the heck? You know, need to see me? And you walk versus walking into that same person and you have a cane and then they're like, Oh, you know, like they might, they're going to respond much differently. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Once, once I was giving a, I had a speaking engagement at a church. It was like a really big, uh, I don't know, maybe 150, 200 people. And, uh, I was practicing for it. It was my first big, uh, out of, out of uh, state speaking event. And I walked off the stage <laughs> and I, and, uh, I walked, uh, I, I guess, between the communion table and the, I, I didn't follow or anything, but it was quite the event. <laughs> they, they made me promise not to do that, to stay in one place when I when I actually spoke. But that was kind of funny. Like you stay and, wait, wait, I think, and I always say in my past uh, episodes that we have to laugh at it, because if we don't, yeah, I think you become, you go down a darker path. That's you know? right. So you, you could choose two things, you know, you could be really bitter about everything that's happening. Or you could choose to be like, just laugh it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's just, I think, the best way to always look at it. Like, oh, I didn't see that. Uh, <laughs> uh, whoops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot of practice with that. <laughs> yeah. So over the years, um, have there been questions or uh, from other people that have bothered you about your vision? You know, like, you know, people who are just other being wise guys or uh or maybe legitimate like questions like you know, um i haven't had too many people that have bothered me i they do ask a lot what i can see and that's kind of hard to answer because it depends on the day yeah and it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh you know and, and and some and until i really lost so much vision in in 2008 uh i didn't know what i couldn't see and then all of a sudden I knew, I, I, well, I can't see the, you know, I, right. I can't see the, the steps. I can't see, or some, suddenly the steps are there. And I couldn't, you know. So that was a really hard question for me to answer. Um, at one time I was at a speaking event, maybe to the Kiwanis Club or something. Mm-hmm. And one of the, I, I was reading a selection from my book. And one of the, 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 the people, the members that were listening to me said, you're not really blind. Uh um, you can, you can see to read. And it just like made my heart sink because I just got done telling them about the spectrum of vision loss. And that, I mean, earlier in the talk that, you know, that goes from, you know, where you have just, you're legally blind to where you're completely blind and that everybody sees differently. And they just totally didn't get it that, uh, that yes, I could read. It was a very large print book. And, uh, and I knew the, 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 the text pretty well, you know, but, uh, so I just felt like, what am I doing? Telling people that they aren't listening to me and they don't really care to, to try to understand the situation. So sometimes I feel uh, discouraged, but then I think, well, you know what, Amy, just keep on talking. <laughs> people are going to listen who want to know. We don't have know? an, we don't have an impairment that is easily understood. So 
It's not like when if you know you walk on stage as a speaker and you're missing a leg, mm-hmm. and people are gonna be like, "Wow, look at that!" Like this, you know, this person went through some stuff. Cause that's it. Like, all they had to do is see that. But you walk on stage, you look like just like everybody else, mm-hmm. unless you're like completely blind. It's such it. It's like that gray. I, I, we're we're in that gray area, you know. And mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know that gray area. You know, for, visually impaired is not. I feel is not a term that a lot of people understand. You know. It's like what? Mm-hmm. Like I only had a couple people where I said where I mean I think being at a race and I said, "Hey, I'm I'm visually impaired," and they're like, "Oh, so you could still see some?" And I said, "Yes, I still I, I still have some uh, vision." I think when people will ask me, like, "Oh, what do you see?" The best way I always approach it is I look straight at them, and I go, "Okay, watch my hands," and I just kind of bring my hands out and I just keep going, 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 and I go, "All right," and now I see them. So that they, mm-hmm. so they get a grasp of, or like, I might be like, because I'm fortunate enough where I have a little pocket of peripheral vision towards the back. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I have almost like a, like a donut kind of in front of me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I'll be like, see, here's my hands by my side. I see them. And then I'll just kind of slowly bring them out and go, oh, lost them. And then, <laughs> and then I'll keep going, 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 going. And I'll go almost to they're almost in front of me. And I'll go, oh, there they are again. And, and that's, to me, that's the best way to describe them. Yeah. Like, it does sound like a very good way. In the yeah. moment, just do it right in the moment, because that's the, like I said, where our vision changes day to day. So it's uh-huh. give them whatever you got that day. You know, like this is this yeah. is what I'm seeing today. Let me look. I'll look straight at you, and I'm gonna. Uh, here's what we're gonna do, and this is gonna give you the easiest idea of exactly, you know, why I don't see your handshake, why I missed your high five. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. And that's the struggle. We're 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 jerks in this world because. Not purposely, obviously, but, you know, wa- walking by and someone's like waving at you, trying to get your attention and you're like, you know, and, and they're like, hey, you know, I saw you the other day and uh, you just walk right by me and I was waving at you. I, I don't, I, if I wasn't looking at you, I did not see you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, not trying to be right. a jerk. Not trying to be a jerk, but I did not see you. Or, hey, you know, geez, I went to go shake you, you know, you didn't shake my hand. I thought there was a problem. No, there's no problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I when I finally had to tell people at my church, it was like that was harder than telling strangers. I don't know why, but it just it you know it it was it was difficult to open up about that. Oh yeah, at my church. Yeah, but it makes it easier yeah. once you have people. I it feels better like once people know because. It's like we just bought a house back in October, and some of the neighbors came over, you know, kind of introduced themselves. And I instantly just told him that was like one of the first things I said. I said, I said, listen, I'm visually impaired. I have like tunnel vision. I don't wear, I'm not going to use a cane in my own yard. So you're going to mm-hmm. probably see me outside either walking into things or I might look disoriented. So just know that I'm not drunk. I'm okay. You know, <laughs> it's just, this is all normal. Or, or if I don't wave at you, you know, if you wave at me and I just don't happen to wave back, it's nothing personal. You know, like I feel better if I get that out this way. They're not like that. Man, our neighbor's a jerk. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, you know. like no, I'm like I'm very approachable. I just are, I don't feel comfortable talking to people or saying hi to people because if they don't know my condition, I, I'm just I'm just very shy about that and very apprehensive. Uh-huh. You know, when someone knows and you're like, it's like they don't care. Like they're always like, hey, Mike just has trouble seeing. It's not a big deal. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So once you get through that uncomfortable, like I said, so like even for you in church, you know, just finally just saying, hey, what's up. Mm-hmm. you get that off yeah. now that now that weight's off 
It's it's kind of funny too how children react because I I was babysitting my nieces and there was a I wasn't really they, they had a different house and I wasn't familiar with the house so uh, I and the the dog uh, and I don't know and someone said don't touch the dog or are you touching the dog no <laughs> and then it was something like Do, don't you know that don't you know what a dog looks like <laughs> you know because she was holding on to something else or. And, <laughs> Don't you know what a dog looks like? Oh, kids are just like straight up. Yeah, they don't, you know, no, yeah. no filter. Just, yeah. Yeah, that's Same right. Same with mind. Like, you know, well, why, why are you looking that way? Why are you doing that? Why are you holding? What's that stick for? <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. they call it the oops ant. Because I'm always like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, that's, it's, it's funny. Or trying to describe, you know, to a kid, like, you know, your vision and things like that, that's even harder. What do you mean your eyes are broken? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Are my eyes broken? Like, oh, no, your eyes are fine. My my eyes are broken. And it didn't, some people, it can happen to some people. What happened to me? I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not saying it will. I'm just saying this is what happened to me. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a trip. I mean, I have a, I have a, an almost eight-year-old now. And uh, he's grown up with it. He's, his, you know, Nana has it. And so he's a very... It took a while for him to really understand it, but you know, when he was young, it was you know he didn't fully understand, but not now he gets it. You know that you know, daddy has what Nana has. Nana's is worse, and Nana Nana still does fine. There's just some things Nana can't do. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 And you know, or if I need his help, you know, he helps me out. Oh, that's great. He yeah. That. He's like, oh yeah, because your vision's not as good as my. Of course, he brags. You know, he'll, he'll always. Say, <laughs> oh yeah, because your vision isn't as good as my vision. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah, your vision's much better than daddy's vision. So, yeah, that, that's why I need your help. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So here's a fun one uh, on the podcast that people like. Uh, who wins in a fight? You are the wet floor sign. Oh, uh, me or the who? The wet floor sign. <laughs> oh, the, the wet dreaded, floor sign. The dreaded wet floor sign. Yeah, that's that's it. They, <laughs> they win. I've made touchdowns with them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, now now my brother always says when we go somewhere, he says, "Wet floor sign." Yeah, like because <laughs> he knows I've kicked him so many times. Oh gosh! But I always say it's not because it's not the knocking them over that's the problem. It's how awkward we look when we try to find yeah. out where it is. To pick yeah, it back up. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Because it'd be one thing if you knocked it over and we're like, oh, oops, you know, and let me get that. Like, because I'm sure like visual, regular people probably have knocked it over. We're not, we're not probably the only people that do that. Um, but yeah, when you're sitting there going, oh, what the heck? Where is it? Like, you're, and you're reaching with your hands on the floor and you're kind of scraping around and then you happen to find it. And then, you know, you try to stand it back up, but you really, but it's actually not fully folded out and then it just falls <laughs> back down again. And you're like, ah, oh, God. So it's, that's at that point. And then at that point you just give up and you just walk, you just walk away. <laughs> that's why I say sometimes it's just like, you should just knock it over and just pretend you meant to do it. Yeah. It's, and just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah get that out of here. Uh, <laughs> I don't want right. this here. Like Dunkin' mm -hmm. Donuts always. It's like the wet, like Dunkin' Donuts' floor is always wet. I don't, I don't understand. Every time you go to a Dunkin' Donuts, there's a wet floor sign. And it's <laughs> always there. Like, every time you go, you can go any, at any point in time in a Dunkin' Donuts, there's a wet floor sign there. So, like, how, is, is, are there messes, do they mop every 10 minutes? 
<laughs> like, what do you do? How, why is it always there? Oh, I love it. Yeah. So when did you oh, start? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You meant you mentioned you asked me about oh a way to adapt. Mm-hmm. What what ways have I adapted? Well, because like you, I love running. So I uh, I. I used to run like when I was overseas, I would have all of these wonderful exotic places I could go through the rice paddy by the by the ocean, you know, just in in uh, I mean, uh, around like there was, used to be mountain passes and just wonderful exotic places. Right. So then I came back home and after that 2006, when I was running. And uh, I would get caught like in like the in the streets, manhole, you know, like they had the sewer covers and stuff. And so I would trip on them or our sidewalk. So I, that wasn't really safe for me to, to run there. So I finally went to the track that uh, we have a high school track. So I, I went there. And so now if I fall the, the, the <laughs> or if I, you know, I can cross maybe eight lanes or something, but at least uh it's soft you know oh i definitely know i love the the track is my home or you know. yeah so yeah that's how i've adapted I, I even tried running for a couple times with my cane but that was really weird so i just you yeah. gotta get used to the momentum i i, yeah. I can run with a cane it's it initially oh, it's initially run? yeah uh-huh. initially it's weird i have my other friend he also he runs with his too oh, um wow. it's but it's it's just kind of it's, it's one of those things like when you first got the cane learn how to use it and you're like this is awkward it's the same kind of feeling. It's it's you just kind of have to start doing it, and then oh. once you start kind of get used to that flow of everything and how you want to move the cane with your kind of cadence and all that stuff, like yeah. you could you know, it could definitely be done. And then, and I I think it highly helps if you're trying to if you want to run maybe somewhere that's not a track and you just want to get somewhere a little bit different and maybe somewhere you're more comfortable with. But uh, no, it it could definitely be done. It's so tricky. But I know I'm with you on the track, like. Cause oh, okay. you know, going, in, going in a lane is great. Only thing I don't like about the track is if it's congested, like if there's a mm-hmm. lot of people there and like, unless you have a cane, people mm-hmm. don't, I mean, I, I've been at the track, had my blind runner shirt on and you know, I've had to actually run around people. Luck, oh, my goodness. Luckily, because I still have central vision and, and know, and knowing and anticipating that this person is probably going to cut me off or this person is not even gonna they're just gonna run across like i could see that i could tell that from the look of, i could tell that person's probably gonna cut run across the track right now and not even and just assume i see them so mm-hmm. i mean and luckily yes i still have a, maybe enough vision or i have enough wherewithal so to speak to like actually sense that and know that you know what this person's probably not even gonna care that, that i'm on this track and they're probably not even reading my shirt you know so they're just gonna come right across and just you know go say hi to their friend like you know high school students stuff like that so that's the only thing I don't like is if I'm I'm there and it's it's really busy and other people don't tend to really have the same respect as you have for them sometimes. Like, you know, like I like well, I, I really shouldn't really like part of me wants to go, you know what? I'm just gonna run into you. <laughs> and I mean I'm not trying to brag, but I'm hundred and seventy five pounds and I'm nearly all muscle, so it's gonna <laughs> hurt. <laughs> and I'm gonna because I'm gonna not realize I'm running into you, so it's gonna be like I'm not gonna have any kind of like I'm gonna try to slow down. No, you're you're I'm gonna hit you at whatever speed I'm going. So, I, I, if you could, uh, you know, like I've definitely whispered on my breath, like, can you move out of the way? Like I'm gonna hit you. Like, yeah. I I know it's not the nicest thing sometimes to say, but sometimes it's like you know, this is for your safety. You have the ability to see. I do not. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's it's easier yeah. for you to just step and go. Okay, hold on, I'll wait. Even if I was a sighted person, like, to me, track protocol is, you know, if somebody else is already on the track and you're entering it, it's like you're watching out for them. 
they're the guy on the track or whoever woman on the track whoever's on the track and when you enter there in my head it's they're doing their thing i'm not to disturb that so i wait till they get past and then i cross if i have to you know if i gotta cross like i've seen people like, like i said they're cross right in front of me and it's like that's that's not true i mean who uh, your coach should be teaching you these things you know if you're going to be on the track it's just track protocol yeah, I was. I, I ran track in high school, so I know. Ah, yeah. You know, I, I know very familiar with how you should be rea- you know, acting when you're on a track or if somebody's on there. But uh, yeah, no, that's my home. I totally can relate to that. I love that. Or I usually run uh, when I was still driving. Uh, towards the end, before I quit driving, I would run on river walks. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, just go back and forth. Like, I was training for a marathon, and I just literally ran back and forth um, this river walk. It was like, if you ran to this end part before it crossed over to the next town, um, it was like 0.9 miles. So I just point nine down, point nine back, point nine down. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And it wasn't wow. like, it was good, it was nice and level, and it wasn't like super congested, so I could, you know, I could navigate it easier. So that was... Yeah, I think, and that's, like you said, like I asked you, what ways have you, what do you do to adapt, you know? Like, I was still comfortable driving, but I was not comfortable running anymore, like, around, like, um, where there's curbs and uh, fire hydrants and things that came at me really quick, and I couldn't adapt quick enough, you know? Yeah. Um, You know, so I was like, nope, I need to find, so I need to find places like tracks or river walks where it's clear enough and it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm much safer. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cause you can't, cause you, you can't do any running if you get hurt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. What kind of running have you done besides, I mean, what kind of stuff do you, um, like, what do you do? Do you do any races, 5Ks or anything like that? Or do you- well, I haven't really. I just run for myself. I do sprints. I run hills, you know, because mm-hmm. I have a lot of energy. So I <laughs> get rid of that. And I uh, I run on the treadmill. I, I, I just do it to like to challenge myself and to stay in shape. And and um, and because I feel like it, it, it lets me flow or fly. You know what I mean? The, oh, yeah. That of 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 being in control uh, and choosing things my way yeah yeah because in that moment you're still you're like everybody else yeah that's right you're, that's you're right. you know in that world I, like yep. i always call when i work out in, in my gym it's like it's it's my it's my church it's, mm-hmm. it's my it's my anchor it's it's what you know yeah. when, when you're in when you're doing that you're 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 on your own you're by yourself nothing else matters Mm-hmm. You know, vision does it doesn't like my vision. I'm not thinking about my vision. I'm not thinking about mm-hmm. any of that stuff. It's just yeah, it's just that's good. right. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. I like that. But yeah, it's like when you join. I mean, that's what I like about doing races and something like that. Like you know, so when you do stuff like that, you're you know, you're you're with everybody else. Yes, you're showing that's that right. hey, I could still do this. And, mm-hmm. you know, just because I've lost, I'm losing this. Yeah, you know, doesn't mean I've lost this. <laughs> you know, that's right. Yep. So mm-hmm. keep pushing on we we keep moving forward yep absolutely yeah and and so i did i hear you're gonna run the boston marathon that's what i'm training for yeah i'm supposed to yeah. run in september well crossing my fingers it doesn't get canceled so yeah. i don't know i don't know i'm hoping not you know but oh very exciting thank you yeah, yeah i'm hoping uh, that goes well you know i, I mean personally actually I, i'm actually happier to run in september than run in april because i don't really care to run in colder weather rainy weather 
Mm-hmm. Is that what, what that marathon tends to be like? So September, actually, I think it's a little more my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. So a little cooler, you know, not, you know, and just just still kind of warm and, you know, so mm-hmm. I like it. So here's a good one. If you could get your vision back, what are things you might do? What would be one of the first things you might want to do? Oh, gosh. Um, well, you know what? I have lived such an exciting life of, of seeing so many places. I think I would just like to see my my the faces of my family members, you know, and 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 then, and, you know, I think that's what I kind of miss because everything's blurry that way. Mm-hmm. And so I, I can I can see like a. I, I remember when I was on a, on a like a, oh, what do you call it, um, on the boat, on a ship, on a cruise. That's what it's called. <laughs> we and got that. And <laughs> I was, I, I was buying. I was, re- I'm really good at bargaining because I've had a lot of practice overseas. <laughs> and so I had this. Uh, I was getting some toys for my great nieces or nephew or something like that. And for the first time, I couldn't see. Like it was like a little, just a like a little turtle kind of thing, a toy, and I couldn't see it. And I, I thought, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't see it. I can't see it. That was the first time I realized I I couldn't see the detail it, when I was overseas. And uh, and and uh, I remember that that I asked her to describe it, and it was kind of an emotional moment for me. Then I, she wrote the name of, I told her to write river, you know, my, my, um, my nephew on it. And when, when I got back with my friend, I was, I was, you know, we were looking at the toy and I sort of passed, you know, getting past this emotional moment. And she pointed out that she had written a completely different name on it. Oh no. <laughs> Not river. I can't remember the name of that she had written, but, um, <laughs> Anyway, that it just like got me past that moment, and I said, "Well, okay, I have seen what I want to see, and I can see things differently now. So as I lose more vision, I can still travel overseas and see it. I don't know, maybe again adapting, seeing it through other people's eyes, and seeing it and feeling it, and all of those other senses. So I think that that's why I'll go back to." faces of people and, and my family. And, and that's what I miss, you know, that's seeing them if they're really, I can hear their voices if they're really happy or, or what they're feeling, but I don't see their expressions. And that's one of the things that I always noticed, you know, so it would be that. And, you know, I've just, other than that, I'm just, I I can experience things in so many different ways with my other senses that I'm, I'm okay. No, yeah. I think that's a great answer because it's it it shows it's what RP is all about. It's enjoy it's noticing those simple things because mm-hmm. we miss out on those simple things. Like I said, one I think in one one of my podcasts, like I guess I try to come up with something different every time I talk to somebody else. Like what what I would do, and mm-hmm. just try to think of all those little maybe there's some things I'm missing that I would want to do if I got my sight back. Like like I think I mentioned just going for a run at night. <gasps> yeah, something that. Probably, what everybody can do, you know. Mm-hmm. Every a lot of people they just do it. They can just oh, we're gonna, oh, I gotta go run. You know, I I didn't get a chance to run this morning. Um, I'll wait till later. I'll run in the evening. That's not that's not a thought to me, and it hasn't been a thought to me since mm-hmm. I was diagnosed because I couldn't. I had bad night vision, like since I was a teen. So it's like the thought to be like, hey, yeah, hey guys, 
let's go for a run. It's like 9.30 at night. Let's do it. Like, and then they have, and now they have all those color runs and stuff. Like, you know, those cool, like, nighttime 5Ks and things like that. I'm like, I yeah. can't do any of these. You know, even with a guide, I wouldn't want to do it because it just wouldn't be enjoyable. Um, so, yeah, like, I'm like, those, we, those are such simple things that we, you know, that other people would definitely take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, I'd be happy. I'd be content with just something as simple or going through a haunted house. <laughs> haunted houses aren't enjoyable because I don't see what you're doing. Like, I hear you. I get it. You're trying to scare me. And um, <laughs> I appreciate that. But this, there's no enjoyment. I don't. I don't. I don't get the same reaction somebody else might get. You know, off that. So and I. So any, any of those things, like I would, I think a lot of those nighttime activities would be fun to finally be able to just like experience and do and be like, wow, this is what it's like. This is what you guys see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I remember going trick or treating and and having that that trouble seeing and and uh, being able to not experiencing it in the same way other people did but i didn't know why at that time mm-hmm. you know no no right and yeah for sure but looking at people's face like you said as simple as like like you describe it as like a simple reaction look at someone's face like i stare at my son sometimes and i just take him in because i don't know you mm-hmm. know when that when's that next shift happening and uh and i'm you know i'm gonna lose this ability to kind of be able to see his reaction to things and and stuff like that so I definitely, I mean, I think we definitely appreciate things more than anybody else because we're, we're, we live very much in the moment mm-hmm. almost every day yeah. because we don't know what, what tomorrow brings. I mean, you hear that all the time, but no, we really don't. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. one day we're seeing, you know, X amount. The next day you're like, this is weird. Like, I could have sworn I saw, I was seeing much better like yesterday, <laughs> you know? So you just learn to be like, I'm taking this in every every experience that I'm doing because I know five years from now or whatever, or ten years from now, it's good. It's just going to be a different world. Mm-hmm. So no. yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it it seems so gradual. You don't even see it happening. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, quote unquote, see it happening. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's, yeah, I remember when I was teaching Spanish, the the um the I couldn't see the accent marks anymore. I'm like. I can't, they're miss. I can't, I was telling my mom, I said, I can't find that the accent marks. And she's like, what are you, what are you missing? What do you look, what have you lost? And I'm like, no, I can't see them. I can't see the accent marks. Like, and uh, how could I tell my students how to say the word if I can't see the accent marks? And I was like, oh, that must have just happened. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, and then you realize that there's other ways you can see it. You can have a, a CCTV, you can, you know, that have, they have other ways, right. but at the moment you're like, you're just like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever like after you got diagnosed? Did you ever find yourself doing self checks? A lot. Uh, like I used to always like ever since I was diagnosed as a teenager, I would hold my hands out to my side and be like, "Can I still see? Like, how's my peripheral?" You know. Uh huh. I don't think I really. I think I was in denial for like twenty years. Oh wow. And so. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't, I, until that, until I came back and it was like walking off a cliff, I was just like, I, uh, I can, I can handle this. And, and, uh, I I remember still, there's another time that had a, I was like the head, um, test administrator for a college for the freshman class. There's like 150 people in there. And by protocol, we had to like, I worked at a, um, in the middle East. So I was, 
the the women, of course, they they wear their head coverings and their uh, um, their they, they so they had coverings. So anyway, you have to accompany them to the restroom so that they don't put anything under their hair coverings. Oh. And uh, and so I was walking this girl, the student, to the restroom, and I walked into a um, a pole like a um, plaster. Um, and it wasn't a pole. It was more like a, 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 I walked into something and I bounced off of it and then blood gushed impressively everywhere. Oh, you like <laughs> really walked into it. Okay. Yeah. A column, a cement column. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I had to leave and I had to, someone else had to take over the invigilation and I had to get stitches and it was just this big thing. So I, I was like, you just get so used to, to adapting that you forget sometimes that you have this big thing and, and all of a sudden it rears its face at you, you know, and then you say, Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I really need to slow down here. Cause I, I tend to walk fast. And, uh, so I, I just get into this, the mode of doing whatever I'm doing. What's routine? Like RP is all about routine, you know? And mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure you look really good in your house. <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. sure if i went to your house right now and i watched you go walk around i wouldn't probably really be able to tell that you were mm -hmm. visually impaired because you're used to those surroundings you know where everything is but yeah. if i planted you into my house it and just said hey walk around and not tell you anything mm -hmm. you'd yeah you'd be completely lost and that's why i tell people always like everyone's like i mean you look so you do this so well i'm like yeah because i you know other do things to adapt, like, you know, like I've mentioned, taking pictures. If I want to go somewhere, like in the gym or something like that, but I'm apprehensive about going into it because I don't want people being like, why is that guy walking all weird? I'll wait till nobody's there and I'll go in, take pictures of the layout. And then I'll go back home and I can study that layout so I know where all the machines are and, and all that stuff. So when I enter, I kind of have a little more wherewithal, of like, you know, I feel, I feel better, you know about my surroundings and more comfortable, right. you know, but mm -hmm. that's, you know, those are, what? Have you ever walked into a mirror and like apologized? No, I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did that in a gym too. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. You're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, yeah. yeah. Oh. I've had moments where like I thought like I hit somebody or I thought, I, and then you realize it was just an object or, you know, mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, like, yeah, like, you're just yeah. Like, oh, oh, Never mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was just a door. <laughs> that was just this. But like, well, like you said, though, and a lot of those columns are white or black. They're like such a color that like it just, you don't, you know, white's worse because it's glare. So, you know, you're going to just, yeah. you know, it, you walk into it anyway because you don't, you know, you don't see it because it's almost like a like kind of a glare feeling. Or if it's black, you definitely don't see it. <laughs> Anything yeah. black. I find if like if I'm running a race and people are wearing like you know, black shirts and black shorts or something like that. Like I've run into them almost because mm. I'll see them last second. You know, mm -hmm. that's just not a good color. So, but you know, but you, like I said, you're so used to that. Like you thought you knew your area and you did it so long, you know, when something was changed or something, when you were put in a situation that was different, boom, reality check. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. Like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> so, so I, I thought about that when I, when I used to work. And I'm like, was my vision a lot worse than I really realized? Because I was doing the same thing every day, routinely, you know, going into work, driving, 
coming out of the car the same way. I knew where the curbs were. I knew where the door was. I knew the inner office so well. Nothing was changed. So everything was always the same. That mm-hmm. did my you know vision just kind of get used to that. And then, you know, the only wake-up call I had was, you know, I started walking into people in the office. And yeah, and that was with those those moments where like, wait a second, you know, maybe my vision was worse like for a long time. I just got lucky. Yeah, I just knew where to walk and nobody just happened to be there. So yeah. I was okay for all those times because I was doing my normal I know where the cafeteria is. I go this way, I take a left. You know, and you're you're just so used to that, and your eyes are used to knowing where to look. Mm-hmm. But when you got thrown off, when like I said, when there was someone happened to be there, when there's never usually someone there, and then you walked oh. into them, and you're like, oh, maybe things are shifting now. No, like you could have been, like I probably should have quit driving maybe you know three or four years prior. Mm-hmm. I just didn't realize because mm-hmm. I because I got so my eyes got so trained to know where to look and know what to do. And it just adapted to those little minute changes every day mm-hmm. that I thought things were okay. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Until you have a moment where you're driving and I've had ones where I'm like, oh, wow, there's a cone there. Like, it just popped out of nowhere. Like, like Yeah, yeah, that's what it seems like. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. You're like, no, that cone wasn't there. You're like, no, it was there. It was always there. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it it now it takes my eyes a lot longer to adjust than it used to. Oh yes, and and, uh, and I'm extremely sensitive to sunlight to photophobia they call it. Okay, and um that that that's kind of a new thing for me, and so I or going I used light to, to dark. Yeah, like coming yeah. from out if you're coming from like a bright you cut, your eyes already adjusted and then you go into like say a dark house or something and you're like oh hold on mm-hmm. wait a second <laughs> you see nothing for a good you know, minute, like five minutes or so. And until you really kind of, yeah, get readjusted. Mm, yeah. That, and another new thing that's happening to me is that like, so I go, since I'm a, a writer, I, go, I belong to a critique group. So we go to a restaurant once a week and uh, we have, we meet in a room. So when we leave that room, it's a pretty straight shot to the door. But I, I don't know why I started to not be able to find the door. So I'd be like walking around the, the restaurant trying. I know that this door is straight ahead, but it would, it would be like, and then you take a left. But I started like having to ask the waitresses, excuse me, where's the door that goes out? Where's the handle? Like, where's like, yeah. Oh, I'll do this. Yeah, I plan it out sometimes. Like, like I'll, if I know where I got to go, I can see the door from a distance. I'll look at the door and I'll be like, hey, where's the handle? All right, there's the handle. Okay, <laughs> and I have to go. Oh, and there's a chair right there. So, because like, you know, like from I don't know, especially for you, the smaller our tunnel gets, we're better yes. seeing from afar. Like farther out, we can see more. So it's like, all right, I gotta look way far back and be like, okay, all right, and scan where I'm headed. Like, where am I gonna go? What's in the way? And then, and then go. I mean, unless you have your cane with you. I mean, I don't always carry my cane with me. It depending, it just all depends on. You know, if it's somewhere I've been before, but if if I have it, I'll bring my cane. But yeah, mm-hmm. but I like to still, I kind of still have, as long as I have vision, I still want to be like a little more independent about it. Be like, mm-hmm. all right, I can still plan this out. Look, okay, we're looking clear. I just gotta go left. Okay, there's a person right there. I don't want to knock into them. All right, and yeah, <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. definitely more strategic. Wait, so did you drive? I'm assuming you at some point drove. Yes. Yeah, I drove uh, until I was uh, well, really until I, in uh, ni- until 1997. So I drove what uh, I was 
uh, I was diagnosed in 1989. So 28. So and so I, I drove then. I mean, I made adaptions. Like I, I adapted. Like I, uh, I had a one of those jobs for, with the government where you it flex, uh, you have flex time. So I tried to maximize, you know, driving in the sun in the um where it was light, and right. then and so I could sort of adapt that way. But once I I got overseas, it, once I got to the the United Arab Emirates, they were taxis were so prevalent that it was just I didn't buy a four wheel drive. I just you know I just used that. And that was okay. So you actually so. stopped around when I stopped because I stopped at like 35. So it sounds like you were at the above 37. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, 37 or 38, somewhere around there. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I drove for quite a, a while with it, but it, yeah, I would get lost sometimes, you know? Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> you know? Nope. I, and uh, It wasn't enjoyable. I bet you, like, I don't know about you, but it wasn't enjoyable for me to drive. Yeah. It was super stressful. Like, towards the end, like, last five years or so, like, it was just yeah. really hard because you have to, like, when people ask you, oh, you want to go out? And you're like, okay, how long am I going to go out? Is it going to be nighttime? Do I know the way? Where do I got to go? You know, like, all right. and Because most of the time I'd be like, I prefer somebody else picking me up because it's going to be nighttime and I really don't want to drive back home in the dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I totally get that. Yep. Or you're just like, okay, well, you know what? I'll, it, I know the way pretty well. I'll use my phone. I can see the map. I can, like, I'll plan it on my phone a lot of times. I'd be looking at the, you know, just before I even leave, you know, kind of just how easy is this, you know? How hard is it going to be for me to get there? How many turns do I got to make? Uh, you know, where, what area is it like? You know, and it's just too much work, you know? Like, looking left, looking right, looking left, looking right, looking left, like, making sure before you cross an intersection that there is definitely nobody coming. Because I've had situations where I've looked left, looked right, left, right, you know, go across. Oh, there's a car. I, I did not see that. And I got. Yeah, I know. It just appears out of nowhere. Yeah, and you're yes. like, I got lucky. And you, and you literally sit there, like, looking left, looking right. Like, you're, you're, nope, nobody's there. Okay, I'm looking. There's nobody coming. There's nobody coming. And you're 100% sure that there's nobody coming. And then you leave. And, and, and anytime I'd cross, because we have, where I was living just before I stopped driving was literally I took a left out of our driveway and there's a stop sign. Like, an intersection so i had to do that every morning cross this intersection and that was where i had a couple moments where it was like oh there's a car you know and you're like so every time i cross any kind of intersection you have those moments where you're pretty much like you know crossing you know your chest praying to god uh, you know okay i'm gonna make it through this i'm gonna make it to the other side of that road it's only two seconds but i'm gonna make it and no one's gonna plow into the side of me so here we go and then you're you know it's like it's like playing roulette you're just kind of rolling the die you're just all right here we go i'm i'm, I'm crossing I, I i i think i'm okay i i i think you know like i don't hear anybody because that's another thing i put my windows down sometimes just so i can hear something coming mm-hmm. or you can tell you know oh yeah so no it was just it was just more easier just to be like you know what as much as now that I miss it, like it's just it's just a better call. <laughs> right. Yeah. This isn't fun. Driving should be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I remember when it was fun. So in your dreams, are you visually impaired or fully sighted? You know what? I I remember when I first somebody told me there was a cure for this, like it. Um, it was maybe 89, 90, 91, 92, somewhere around there. And I went to a doctor in, uh, in Houston, Texas. I drove from San Antonio and I was, uh, 
I, I, uh, that night before I had the appointment and I thought they're going to just do whatever operation they're going to do. And I'm going to see again. I dreamt in color that night. It was like, everything was technicolor, super, super strong, bright, wonderful. Um, and then I found out that they were, I was misinformed. The person that told me about it was misinformed and there was no cure. And they said, you should really get to go in a, a self a support group. <laughs> like they thought that I was just like, I don't know, but I, um, uh, in dire need of, of, of um, support. Right. But, you know, I just thought that here was my opportunity and that I had passed whatever challenge I had and I was going to see again, you know? Boom. And yeah. So other than that, my dreams are um, in, I guess they are in color if I do dream, you know, I guess I'm still, your mind is still supplying that color. You know, it's, it, it's almost like when it fills in the blanks, you know? Oh yeah. And, yeah. Well, I think they very do powerful. dream in color. But yeah. well, are you excited though? Like, do you feel like, have you ever had a dream where you're like, you're doing something like say driving and you're like, I shouldn't be doing this. Like, like, it's not like you're visually impaired, but you actually almost, like, feel like, this is wrong. Like, I'm doing something mm -hmm. wrong. Like, I, I shouldn't be doing this. I don't know why, but I, I just shouldn't be doing this. Like, you know, because that's why I've, I've experienced a few times more recently now, dreams where I'm visually impaired. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm aware of it. Um, uh, or maybe I'm not seeing the same way I see in real, in real, in real life. But, I, but mm -hmm. I'm very much like, I shouldn't be doing it. Like, I'd be, I'd, I'd, one time I was driving, and I'm like, not, I know I'm not, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Like, and it, it's it's just a weird thing. I don't know if it's because like I think about it more during the day. Like my vision, I'm thinking about it more, so now it's playing out, you know, in in that world. Because I've heard both things. I've heard people who same thing. They they started out, they always had sighted dreams all the time. But then as their vision progressed, the vid their dreams also it happened into their dreams. So, oh wow! So mm -hmm. I've also heard people that they no nothing that they're always. Other one, they were dreaming always that they were visually impaired, or they always dreamt that they were fully sighted. So I was kind of always wondering because that to me, I find that's our escape in that world. You know, we're not. You know, we get to be us. Everything's awesome yeah, again. You just, know. Mm -hmm. So at that, yeah. so you've never had a dream yet where you knew you were like I'm visually impaired. No, I don't think so. Not really. Uh, are just embarrassing like i'm in the wrong place i'm lost <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like I, i'm not prepared for something and you know <laughs> but that might be also a, a kind of an interpretation of how you feel in reality mm -hmm. like sometimes how you know you're doing you're you know traveling and you're doing things and you feel like you've done something and you feel like you're not where you're supposed to be and things like that so maybe that's how your brain is interpreting mm -hmm. in your dream you know so no no our brains are are great but also bad at the same time because they fill in all those areas in our vision that we don't see because people that's why that's a hard that's why it's so tough to answer that question when someone says what do you see because yeah people don't understand that that those patches where we don't see are not black you think when, yeah. you're, when someone says oh you're blind they think you see like you have your central vision and they think the rest is just black but it's not it's almost like this like very foggy you know we're like hazy kind of effect and like it's still there it's very fuzzy everything is still there but it's just you can't make it out you know yeah. and so it's so like that's why i tell people I'm like no 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 like my brain tells is taking what it's got from here the peripheral vision it has left here and then it's guessing it's going from point b and in the middle you know it's, it's going a to c and then it's taking the b area and kind of guessing what it is because it's got a it has c 
but it doesn't have B, so it's just kind of, oh, it's probably this. Yeah. And that's yeah, why we exactly. walk into things, because we think that there is something there. We don't think something is there, and then we walk into it because it is there, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, very tricky, I think. It's awesome. I love that our brains do that, and that's why I probably drove longer than I did. I should have. It's probably why I worked longer than I should have at my job, because my brain was just kind of working harder to counteract the vision loss. Mm-hmm. So it's it's fascinating, but sometimes it's you know it sucks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Like, no, it's not necessarily great. It's cool because yes, I help. I help it does kind of sometimes help you, you know, that your brain kind of filled in something, um, and it just happened to get it right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not the moment. It's those aren't the moments that are great. It's the moments when it's the moments when you know it's wrong. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried about the moments where it fills it in and it happens to understand that, okay, that's an object there and I walk around it and cool, we're good. I don't really realize this as much. No, it's more of the ones where you're like, oh, there isn't a, it's, oh, there's nothing there. And you, you, know, you fall or trip and something. It's like, no, that's not good. Yeah. But yes, uh, our brains are awesome and they suck at the same time. <laughs> so yeah. be- before we wrap things up, I want you to share, like, um, I know you, you said your, uh, what, your third book is coming out soon actually my fifth book is coming out it's fifth book oh third book isn't it third book in the series or something like you've written yeah yeah my third book in the series it's it's uh um it's supposed to be coming out in audio now it's called hitting a home run hitting hitting a home run blind and thriving yeah awesome. and it's a short book it's just like it's in the 45 minute travel reads it was number one for a while and so um so now it's coming out in audio it's uh in the process of being approved. I believe you're shooting for a June 1st, you said? Yeah. Yeah. I have another one coming out too. It's another short ebook. Uh, the other ones are longer and they're, they're in print too, but, uh, this one is called, this one is, it has a different subject matter. This one is in my faith series and it's called a time to dance. It's about family and, uh, uh, celebrating, uh, uh, celebrating like uh, a sense of belonging um, where before didn't even know there wasn't that sense, you know? And so it's a, it's a, a little bit different theme, but that's coming out June 1st. And this one should be coming out at the end of the month. Yeah. The audio version of hitting a home run. Nice. And uh, what are your other books called? Uh, Mobility Matters, Stepping Out in Faith. That was the year of my uh, cane when I was getting my training and coming to terms with, with sight loss. And that so that one's sort of a, it's a faith uh, book as well, but it's also about the adventures of, uh, of orientation and mobility and also coming, like, what do people say? All of, it addresses all of those things. And it's quite positive. The other one is humorous. It's called, uh, it's the second in the series called Cane Confession, The Lighter Side to Mobility. <laughs> and it's about, some of it, some of the stories are about um, traveling in different countries and climbing mountains, which is something I love, I forgot to tell you, I love to do. And so I, the one's in Scotland where I climb a mountain called Goat Fell. And I'm like, how, uh, why should, why would I call a, 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 a climb a mountain where goats even fall? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's, it's uh, a lot of, um, adjusting and how I adapted. So the stories are um, humorous and that out the takeaways are positive. So at at least most of the time. (laughs) And um, it's about resilience, I think. 
so uh, so it, mobility is a big thing for me because that was the thing I thought was taken away from me when I started to use the cane. But now that I have uh, like come, I've, I've started writing and talking about it, I feel like in meeting so many people, it's just opened my world in a different way, you know. So I want people to know that there is uh, that there is life after vision loss and that, you know, after the grieving grieving process, then is the time to see how what you can do to pursue the things that you love, finding ways to do as you did with the running and, you know, speaking and whatever you want to do, taking pictures. How can you do that, you know, with with a sight loss and you know, just adapting, finding the, finding the people that support you so that you can do the things that you want to do. Right. And mm-hmm. where can people find your books? Like they, uh, they, they can find them on Amazon, uh, audible.com. They can find them on amybovaird.com, my website, uh, which is A-M-Y-B as in boy, O-V as in Victor, A-I-R-D.com. And uh, so they're... Uh, they're in large print, regular print, audio, and ebook. That's the other one. Will you be doing any kind of book signings? Well, probably not lately. Not lately. <laughs> I, think, I think Monday I do a Zoom. Um, I'm with the NFB, the uh, a round table. I'm talking about my life there. Uh, so um, yeah, I, I like. I think Zoom opens up more doors now. Is opening up more. Oh doors. yeah, I love it. I do uh, Zoom workouts now and stuff like that's fun. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty exciting um, to have those opportunities. And yeah, that's that's adapting. See, we're used to that. It's funny that the whole quarantine started and everyone's like, oh, panic. And I'm like, this is just another day for me. Like I do. (laughs) I do this all the time. Like I I have to adapt to newer situations every day. So um, I'm used to quarantine. I'm used to not being able to get out of the house. I'm used to this all this is regular. You guys are rookies. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. And you know, it's, I find it such a wonderful thing for, for my critique group because I, sometimes I can't see them. Uh, I can't hear them. And it was just so difficult like, to get there. And now it just comes right into my computer. So it's so uh, exciting now. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, but this is just another challenge to us. It's just, another, yeah. this is just another way to adapt. Like, okay, okay. I can't go to the gym or YMCA or whatever you're, I can't get mm-hmm. there. What can I do differently? I already had a routine set up, you know, to work out at home. I already used to being on the treadmill. I'm already like, so it's just, okay, now I'm just doing that more. <laughs> like, uh, yes, yes, exactly. Or I'll yeah. get things done around the house. You know, I'll start tackling projects that uh, I don't know how I haven't done before, but I'm, I'll just do them. And this is a, this is a good time to do them. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, we're, we're, it's like, I don't mean to, I sometimes tell them, I'm like, I don't mean to sound like a jerk or anything, but like, this is just everyday life for, for those mm-hmm. of us with, you know, a, a disability like this. And it's like that we're, we're, we're used to quarantine. We're used to nobody being around <laughs> and we can't get out or, and we're not comfortable leaving the house because maybe, you know, you don't want to bring your cane. Maybe you don't want, you know, like you're just having a rough day, you know, and you just want someone to come pick you up. You know, and, and not have to worry about trying to go out. So this is all, this is just regular. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, that's what I feel too. Yeah. Yep. So, and, and unfortunately, like, it's us, we, you know, it's easier for us to say that because, you know, we're, we're in it. Yeah, we're, we're, we've, we've been doing it for years. You know, so, so I always laugh when I see those mm-hmm. people, like, you know, it's like, you're, you've been, oh, it's so tough. It's like two weeks and this, this, this. I'm like, you, you seriously can't sh- stay home for two weeks? Are you seriously struggling? You're already struggling. Like, yeah, 
I mean, come on. There's worse things. Mm-mm. There's there's a lot of life going on at home. There's a lot of things you can do. There's, you know, I just don't. I don't. I don't look at it the way the rest of the world looks at it. Sometimes, like just there's so much things you could be done at home or like you said, we got Zoom, man. Like we have we have ways to communicate, you know. And I was fortunate enough. I'm already used to using Zoom. I've been using Zoom before this, so. Yeah. And you know, my, my nieces, they, I can, um, contact them. I can stay into, they have those, uh, Facebook, uh, the messenger for kids, right? Yeah. 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 My son just got into it and he's like, was so fascinated with it. Mm-hmm. He just messaged my, like his grandmother, like over and over and over again. I'm like, you gotta let people respond first. Like you'll learn, like you can't just keep sending Google messages and just like, and just flooding them with messages. Nobody likes that. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, send a couple messages and then wait for them. You, you wait for them to reply. And then you can send a couple more messages. Don't just send them every time you have a thought and just send them things. <laughs> but hey, I'm like, I understand you're young and you'll, you'll, but you'll learn you're excited, but you know, you'll, 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 you'll get it. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's hilarious. But no, I want to thank you so much for, just taking the time out to be on today and uh, sharing your story and you know all about you know and your books and all the stuff that's exciting that's going on right now and I hope uh, I you know I'm not a big book reader I'll be honest but I will if I if I, I, I at some point I would like to check it out. I will definitely want to check it out and you know uh, get over that hurdle I want to switch over to audible books because I think that's just my you know maybe that'll be more my world um, but yes I think all the listeners out there should go check it out catch up on the other books you have. Mm-hmm. Yep, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about this. Uh, the the new audio one that's coming out because it's a, it's a short one, which is I've never had. You know, such such a, a a pivotal one that's so short and interesting. You know, it has a good good lesson. Yeah, I'm so, I'm really excited about that one coming out. And it sounds like more of my spit. It sounds like a lot of speed for me. So it's nice and short. A short read. I can mm-hmm. I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, 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 I gotta get over that hurdle. Uh, my wife's a big book reader, and, and she knows every. She always uh, jokes and laughs at me every time. I'm always like, "I'm gonna read this book. I'm gonna read this book." And she'll be like, "Yeah, sure you are." I'm like, "No, I am. I'm gonna do it. I'll, I'll get like a chapter. I'll be like, okay, this is my goal. Like, you know, one chapter at a time." And then I'll be like, "No, a couple pages at a time." And it's like, yeah, that doesn't happen." <laughs> so, mm, gosh, mother, one or the other. A mother, I try to read, and it doesn't happen. Or mm-hmm. I'll find a book that I just don't want to put down. And I'll just like go right through it. You know, 100, <laughs> 110%. Just I can't, I'll finish it. And that's the only way it goes. There's no in between for me. So, uh-huh. I, you know, so uh, I think if I find something that really interests me, mm-hmm. uh, that's it. I'll be like, I'm on it. But if I just do two pages or try to do, because I figure, you know, anybody can read two pages a, a day. Mm-hmm. You know, I figure that's the best way to start. It's just some reason I can't, I, even that I can't. I can't stick to. I don't know why. But I hope all the other listeners, you know, who are book readers, are maybe audible people. I hope they enjoy it. And, you know, I hope hope that goes well. And I hope you meet your June 1st deadline. (laughs) Great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Mm -hmm. You too. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. See you next week for another episode of Living Free with RP. Get up off the wall. I've never met a challenge I wouldn't face.